Hello, product innovators. Today we learn from a 10-year product designer on what digital product renderings are and why they are so valuable for both hardware startup fundraising and product sales. Welcome back everyone. Today I'm very excited to introduce David Brown to the show. David is a design engineer at Maco Design. He has both a product engineering and an industrial design background. Today, David is gonna share some valuable knowledge from inventor startups and small manufacturers on what photorealistic product renderings are, how they are designed and produced for hardware products, and why they are so valuable for hardware startups, whether you're using them to raise money or using them to capture new hardware product sales. Now, on to the episode. Hey David, welcome to the show. Hi Kevin. Happy to be here. We're excited to talk to you today about rendering, both picture rendering, video rendering. What does rendering even mean? But more importantly, what value is there to hardware startups and inventors with rendering? It's an extremely powerful tool that really isn't talked a lot about too often in the space. So I'm excited to have you on. You are a very seasoned expert in obviously industrial design, mechanical engineering, and also obviously as a derivative of those rendering and really amplifying the images of those products and some best practices around that. Before we get into all that, though, uh, first of all, congratulations. You just had a set of twins a few days ago. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, very excited. Uh, yeah, it's been a crazy time, but uh, I couldn't miss out on this opportunity. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you throughout the lack of sleep and all the rest <laughs> being here today on the podcast, David. So that's great. And obviously, a big congratulations. Not one, but two in one mm-hmm. shot. So that's a yep. big deal. So in terms of talking about rendering today, before we're jumping into the actual nuts and bolts and best practices and descriptions, uh, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I started in, at University of Toronto. I, I did mechanical engineering there. I did specialization in sustainable energy and solid mechanics with a minor in sustainable energy. And uh, during that time, I worked as a design engineer at Husky Injection Molding. So that was a great experience. I learned about manufacturing, injection molding. I was specifically working on mold design. So learning about the draft angles, ejector pins, all the platens, how everything works together. A lot more complicated than someone might suspect. And then from there, I did some uh, software development. It's a hybrid of software with mechanical engineering, and it's for uh, software is called Mastercam, and it's specifically for CNC machines. So kind of still stayed in that manufacturing realm, but I've always enjoyed coding and tinkering with that. So I did that for a couple of years, and then I moved into industrial design, and I started off at a company in the retail industry, and they do pop-up displays, so things that you see in airports and malls, all those very extravagant. Uh, displays for the luxury brands like Chanel, Hugo Boss, Dior. That was a really interesting time in my career because not only was it the industrial design, we had the full manufacturing facility in the office. So basically, we start off with that concept design and we go all the way until it's ready to ship out, learn a lot about design for manufacturing. Not only did we do retail design there, but we also did some other engineering projects. So I did some mechanical engineering, manufacturing engineering, and made some vacuum forms 
and worked with those machines. And uh, I got really great experience. And then from there, I got into Maco. Uh, I've been following Maco for many years, as you know. Uh, I actually started listening to this podcast. Um, I've been a big believer in you know educating different inventors and, and people starting startups. And I loved uh, what Maco does. And I love consumer product design. That's actually why I made the move into industrial design. And uh, I've always wanted to be an inventor myself. So I know how much this podcast means to fellow inventors. And I'm really excited to get into the topic of rendering. We're excited to have you on board and part of the show today. You've been doing product development for over 10 years. And obviously a big part of that is the rendering. So mm-hmm. start with just a basic description. What are digital renderings? Yeah, for sure. So there's a couple different types of digital renderings. Um, I think the one that most people are familiar with are the photorealistic renders, the ones that it looks like a completely real product, even though it may not be actually made in our hands. But there are actually a few different types of renders. A lot of the time when we work with our clients, we start off with, we can call it like a sketch render, maybe a low fidelity render, just something that it gives you an idea of what this product, what your invention is actually going to look like. So I usually start off with just sketching it out and color it in, give you a general idea of what it's going to look like. But the real renders, the things that people love and that people get excited about, those are the ones that we use uh, with a 3D CAD model. You need a very good 3D CAD model to start. That's the foundation for everything. And then from there, you take that into a rendering software and then that brings it to life. It's something that everyone just gets so excited about and it's so valuable for inventors startups, small businesses, because this is basically the best way to communicate what your product is in one image, right? You know, they say image is a thousand words and uh, it, that's what the render's for. There's a couple of really great things you said there. First of all, the foundation of the CAD, that is so important. Keep in mind that renders are beautiful images of the underlying CAD model. But of course, in order for it to really resonate, for it to pop, whether it's to an investor or whether it's for engineering or whether it's for your own internal review or various other stakeholders that are a part of the process of development, the core is the actual foundation. The foundation is the cat. So Mm -hmm. step one, which is arguably the much harder part, is step one is researching, designing, developing, sketching out, getting to the point where you're catting up the product, doing great cat design, both external and internal so that you have a really incredible product designed in 3D and 3D CAD software. From there, you can start manipulating it for visualizations. Now, describe a bit about the process of creating those visualizations, because there's actually a process that goes in behind the scenes. You can't just say, put it into something and it just spits out some beautiful image. There's a whole bunch that actually goes in behind the scenes on what it takes to take that CAD model and then turn it into a photorealistic rendering. So break out some of those just basic parts and components to the rendering process. Definitely. Yeah. So like you said, this is not a drag and drop kind of uh, process here. That was actually something that I didn't expect getting into the industry, into uh, industrial design is, you know, I used to be a mechanical engineer, make beautiful CAD. And then when you when you get into the actual rendering, it's a whole nother world, a whole nother art. To keep it on a basic level, you have a CAD model and it's basically it's the 3D model of what you're product looks like, but it's all one color, let's say. It's all one finish. So this is when you want to start to show what materials this might be made of and what surface finishes you might have. So maybe it's uh, consumer electronics. And and with that, it's very common to have a lot of plastic components. Do you want that to have a really shiny, popping gloss look? Do you want it to have a very dull kind of matte look? Do you want to have the two contrast together, which is very common, to make that glossy part even pop more? What about the lighting? How do you want the lighting to look? 
because again, you have to make this entire virtual environment that this product is sitting in. It's not even the product that you're working on rendering, but it's the whole surrounding, the whole room, the lighting, the focus of the camera angles. There's a lot that goes into it, but essentially what you're going to do is apply some materials. You're going to try and finesse that into what you you just want to get something that looks exactly like what you're envisioning, that final product. And uh, what I think a lot of people don't know is uh, a lot of product images that you see online, those are the renders. Those aren't actually the final products. I see it all the time. Amazon is very common. It's mostly renders. They don't they don't actually do the product. So you just need to have it look as real as possible. And that's through a few of those steps of getting some materials, the lighting, the focus. But again, that's just scratching the surface of the whole rendering process. Really is both a combination of science and art. Art. Mm-hmm. It's to really have something pop and to capture the imagination, the dreams of somebody else, as well as to the point so they can understand it. Keep in mind that, especially if you're developing a new proprietary product, part of the rendering process is explaining via these renderings what your product does. Mm-hmm. And that's whether it's to an investor or an end buyer or to other stakeholders, including the development team as they're going through the process of design, engineering, prototyping, et cetera. Renderings can be used at every level of development to make sure that the vision of the inventor and the startup is matched in the engineering. And those are reflected in the rendering. So that rendering is almost like a communication point to ensure that the product really meets the standard and the vision that the original inventor or hardware startup wants to have. And this is something that's so powerful, especially for early stages of product development before you're into the big bucks of like hardcore engineering and prototyping and all that sort of stuff. You can actually get a lot of clarity on the product via the rendering process. What you can also do, and I've mentioned it a couple of times through this podcast today, is you can use that as a very powerful investor pitch. So much of the point I love, David, that you brought up that so much of that we see is just renderings and not the actual products themselves yeah. because renderings really pop out so well that mm-hmm. that can be used almost better than the real product to actually yep. sell what you've got going on, at least selling to an investor. So mm-hmm. if you're in the early stages of development, at a minimum, before you're even, rent- before you're even raising friends or family money, you should at least, well, first of all, have a great product design. That's yep. step one. 100%. We talked about that, the foundation. Secondarily, if you can amplify that great product via the renderings, then that's what you can put in front of these early stage investors as your hero shot so that that captures their attention. And then of course, you'll need all the backing engineering and documentation below it to convince them to invest into the product. But even if it's friends and family, you want to be able to showcase it in its best light. And that's where renderings come in. I want to take it one step further, uh, something that can really make renderings pop that obviously we do a lot of in terms of showcasing, especially early stage products. And that's the video rendering. Talk a bit about that, David. Oh man. Well, videos, that's, that's the, that's what everybody wants nowadays. And I don't blame them because, you know, the photo is great. That single image, it's awesome. It communicates a lot. But when you see an actual video, it tells you a lot more because first of all, it's a lot more exciting. You're seeing this thing moving around, you're getting different camera angles. And, you know, when we see all these awesome car commercials, all the Apple product release videos, and you see this crazy close-ups with the light shining off of it, fading in and out, revolving around, that is all 3D rendered videos. And again, it's essentially just CGI of what we're seeing, you know, with all these different movies and stuff. And there's a lot that goes into it. It's kind of taking that first, just that snapshot image, taking it to the next level. You're going to have that thing moving around. You'll have zooming in, zooming out, fading out. You're going to have it exploding so that you get that nice exploded view. People love that right now. When you get that exploded and you show all the different components and then you collapse it and shut it all back together, it shows a couple different things. First of all, it gets you excited. It shows how much engineering 
engineering and design went into it because anyone, well, not anyone, but someone can kind of make a simple design on the outside that's completely hollow. There's nothing inside. That's not really much of a product. But when you see the actual internals of that, you realize like this, this thing is fully designed. This thing's ready to prototype. And one thing uh, that you were mentioning, Kevin, is that you have the great CAD work and, and we need that. And if you don't have these renders, you can put so much work, time, energy, money into making a great design. And you have to do that as the first step. But to investors, sometimes they don't appreciate that and they just don't really have the understanding of what went into it. But when you have that final product, that rendering, that picture, that video showing this product as if it's something that I could actually be clicking and saying, I want to buy this right now, that is what investors want to see. And you're going to increase the chances of somebody investing just from a really great 3D visualization product rendering. And you're seeing this a lot too on the sales side. More and more places are utilizing video in order to sell the product. So Amazon released a bit ago, obviously the video feature that more and more people are now using more routinely. Video really tells a story. So even if you're able to raise investment round or self-funding it for the development side, and it's good enough for you with images, think about the sales side. That's where video can be very powerful, especially these video renderings to highlight the best of the best of the product and really have it pop off the screen. That's the reason why the best companies in the world are using on a regular basis videos in order to highlight the story. Watch manufacturers have been doing this for a long time. Some of those detailed mechanics that go into the watch get highlighted through these renders where you can, as you mentioned, the exploded view, many different types of views where you can actually look in depth at all these different pieces and parts of the project, look at some of the proprietary technology that you created in video format to see how it actually functions and works in this beautiful rendered format. So think about it from the sales side. I would highly suggest anybody that's putting their product out to the market. When you actually get to that marketability perspective, you must have video rendering as part of your process because it looks so snappy in the images. Now you can have the real product, which is also very important. People do Mm -hmm. want to see the physical product. They want to trust that a real human is using it and liking it and put themselves in those shoes. And that really helps with buyer intent as well. But when you start to look at the underlying engineering or start to just get those hero shots that are presented on to catch a first glance in the first three seconds, renderings are going to do a better job than the real photo. So that's where if you have a nice blended video with some human interaction of the real prototypes, in addition to some beautiful renderings, that will really pop your sales initiatives and get that return on ad spend increasing as you're selling the product to market. Exactly. I I would use an analogy. You have an article written, you know, it's that title, it's that catch line that that title is going to be what you see that gets me interested in reading the rest of the article. If there's no title and I just see a big block of text, which is all that hard work, that was all the work that went into it. If you don't have that title, you're just not going to know what you're getting into and you may not have the interest. But when the, like I said, the investors see this, you know, when you have Kickstarter videos, everyone wants these 3D videos because it's snappy, it's exciting. It shows so much more of the product, but it's also, it's becoming a standard now. It's, you got to keep up with the industry and with, with your competitors and it's just something that adds so much value. Even the tools of the trade now are better than ever before. Every year they get so much more advanced. We've got multiple different pieces of software that we can put into video rendering technology and it just allows it to make it pop more, look more realistic, crazy effects like some of the stuff we've done for sunglasses in the pack. Remember one of them for Voca Eyewear we had basically mist and steam coming around the side of the sunglasses. Like This is pretty advanced CGI rendering technology. 
more and more of this can get packed into the rendering tools that can go into making these videos cheaper, quicker, easier than ever before every year. So if you can use the latest and greatest in technology, you're going to get some really eye-popping stuff that most people haven't seen yet. And that's the beauty about renderings right now. It really does give an edge to those folks who are early adopters and who are continuing to be on the leading edge of this technology, because for the most part in the mass market, the adoption is still trailing. And that's the way things go. Every year, there's going to be newer technology, and it's going to take a year or two for people to catch up. So if you're kind of on the leading edge of those things, you've immediately got that edge. You may even have that edge over some big corporations, not necessarily direct head-to-head with you, but competing in some way that they look at these two products side by side. If you've got a better rendering, if you've got a cool, progressive, well-designed, modern product, somebody may lean towards yours than even a big branded competitor on the other side. Exactly. They say, don't judge a book by its cover, but obviously with the product, you're judging it right away with how it looks. And like you said, it doesn't matter who your competitor is. If it's a big company, a small company, if you have an amazing picture and mainly amazing video, that's going to catch somebody's attention right away. And it instills a couple different things. You see the the work technology went into it. You see the value. You see what the potential could possibly be just from seeing it. And there's even some great things that you can do, whether it's a photo, but even with the videos, it's even better is you can do things that you can can't actually have with a with a physical product in your hand. Like you said, it's it's really great to have that physical product in your hand. But you know, like we've seen in these uh, commercials, trailers, teasers, uh, you can have uh, like say a watch, and then half of it goes transparent and you see the internals and then it fades back out. That's just something. And then again, how we talked about exploded view, it's just something you can't do uh, in person. Yeah. Maybe you could do some of the fog and the smoke, but even that is complicated, but it comes at a cost. Uh, It's extremely high computing power. I think everyone underestimates how much these renderings take. Our machines are very high powered that we have. And even still they are fighting these rendering softwares, especially when we get into 3d videos. And uh, if you look into the details of Hollywood when the CGI computers that they have, it is computers that people wouldn't even understand the spec. Much appreciated for having you on the show and giving an overview of rendering for new hardware products. Thanks again. And we'll talk soon. Awesome. Great being here. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast. If you found some value in the show, please do us a huge favor and leave us a quick five-star review. If you have any questions, guest suggestions, or anything else, feel free to reach out to us anytime at our email, podcast at macodesign.com. That's podcast at makodesign.com. This show is hosted by Kevin Macko, North America's leading expert on product development for physical product startups. Huge thanks to our sponsors, PTC, and their two best-in-class 3D CAD product development software solutions, Onshape and Creo, and Macodesign design and invent the original firm providing world-class consumer product development services tailored specifically to startups small manufacturers and inventors thanks for joining and see you next time